Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Power to the weak and strength to the powerless. But those, oh, excuse me, even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on eagles, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Somebody right now in this place needs to cry out, no more weariness. No more weariness. You're, you're here. You're listening to me. There's somebody listening to me right now. You're tired of what surrounded you and the mess that surrounded you. And, and, and just, just tell the Lord, Lord, no more weariness. I receive your strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Hallelujah. A worship team, I at least want Minister Robert, Pastor Mackay, y'all to stay up here. Jamil, maybe you could stay. Um, others of you, if you want to go, you can stay. I'm not telling you you have to go, but Jamil, you need to stay. I don't think she is either. You can stay, but you don't have to. Uh, just a few of you have to. Today's a different day. You sense the atmosphere? Yeah. Hallelujah. Somebody needs joy. Pour it on them, Jesus. Just may a spirit of joy come on somebody today. Just a spirit of joy come on somebody today. I mean hilarity. From the Lord.
y'all sit down let me share the word of course you don't have to sit down you can do what you want but I know this word is for today I gotta start you off with a story from our our life in the fall late fall of 1979 I entered my AG Doctrine's classroom at 7.30 in the morning with the other students at then Southeastern Bible College. And as we had done every day that we had class in every class, we began to sing a song And the presence of God began to fill the room. We started every class at that time with prayer, maybe a song. And I don't remember what we sang. I don't remember if it was a, a then popular chorus or maybe a line from a hymn or but I do remember a change in the atmosphere. Now, come on, y'all. It's 7.30 in the morning. We are college students. The professor, Brother Elliot, was a full-on old-time Pentecostal preacher turned professor. He knew as we students felt the change in the atmosphere, he recognized it. It was more familiar to him because he, he grew up in it. And uh, rather than fight it, he fostered it. I want you to hear that today because we do that in our church circles. Even some of you that are here right now, some of you are trying to figure out what in God's name is going on. And those of you that are on, listening to us, watching us online, you're thinking these people are really out of it. But, you, you know, you have an agenda right now. Some of you are here right now and you're thinking about the food that you're going to eat this afternoon. You're thinking about whether I'm going to lay outside and get a little more tan. You've got your mind in a dozen places. And, I'm, and, and, and whether I name it or not, I just want to say this and want you to hear this preacher this morning plea with you, stop it. You've got a few moments this time of the week to spend with the Lord. Let all that stuff rest. And so we continued to worship and to pray and 
before so long, someone would let out a tongue and then someone across the room would bring the interpretation and someone might give a prophetic word. And this continued for the entire class period. We're supposed to go to our next class, but all of the students stayed put. Something, or shall I say someone, invaded the room. And we stayed in that classroom. Nobody's, that was back in the day. You remember when the watches, those digital watches would let out a beep on the hour? drive the professors nuts. That was right when they became popular, that little beeping noise. We ignored all of those signals and signs in the next class, which happened to be the class that Pastor Amy was in. Was waiting outside and they heard the noise and they thought as the scripture says, what meaneth this? And they saw we weren't leaving and thought, I want a piece of that action. And so they pressed in. So now 50 students is multiplied by another 50. And there's 100 young people in this room now. Amen. Kids lying prostrate on the floor some with their heads buried in their desks saying, Jesus, help me. Others like myself were standing to our feet with our hands held high, giving worship to the Lord, speaking in other tongues, some shouting, some moaning, crying out like you heard in this room earlier today, just not knowing what to say but sensing the overwhelming presence of God. And what else were we to do but to just give ourselves over to the Lord? And so we did. Well, the next hour, and our wise professor, recognizing what was going on, and I'm, I'm saying in the middle of all of this, there were there would be a tongue, there would be a prophetic word, there would be, we would sing a song, whatever. We were just in the presence of God. and There wasn't a lesson taught. We were walking out doctrine. We didn't need to be told something in that moment. We were walking it out. And that wise professor said at the end of the second hour now, take this right over to the chapel which always happened at the second after the second period class and so we we did that we marched across that campus I can still remember marching and walking on that pathway over towards the chapel building we came into the chapel and, and he said just just continue this let the Holy Ghost move in your hearts right now in this chapel service and something. We didn't even wait. We didn't wait for an altar time. 
We didn't wait for a song. We didn't, we, some of the young people just, just barreled down to the altar and there were now, uh, there's 900 students at that time that would be worshiping in the chapel and they're looking at all of us going down to the altar or to our seats and crying out to God and we just begin to worship and it continued and, and exactly what was happening in our classroom began to happen with, happen with now 900 students in that chapel service. And no one was in charge, as it were, though there were professors that understood something was afoot and they fostered what God was doing in that moment. And we didn't have a normal chapel service and there wasn't normal worship and there wasn't preaching that happened. There was only this time in the presence of God. And it never stopped. Amen. They canceled classes from that chapel service. They just said to us, something going on in the Lord and we're not gonna have your classes this afternoon, so you're, you're welcome to sit here in the presence of God and, 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 and see the wind of God blow. That's what happened in that moment. We had our own Pentecost. And the good news is that it continued for three days. No classes, just seeking the Lord. Students could be heard in the chapel, which was against the rule after 11 o'clock. They could be heard crying out to God at all hours of the night. Guys, out in the foyer, I want you inside the sanctuary. Y'all, come on in the sanctuary. Y'all in the foyer, come in the sanctuary. You can shut and lock the door if you want to, but come in the sanctuary. Not those, not those doors. Leave those doors open. Just the outside door. It was nothing unusual. In the middle of the day, a hot, sunshiny Florida day to see a student prostrate in the grass, ignoring the red ants, hungering after God, seeking the face of God. All hours of the night in the chapel, crying out to God, doing business with the Holy Ghost. That's what he was doing. He was sealing the hearts of young people, calling them to all corners of the world to do a work for the Lord. Amen. Heaven came to earth that during that time period. We all recognize it. We all got to taste some of it. We got to taste the presence and power of God. The living Lord had come and we knew He was there. We postponed plans and we set aside our agendas and our programs and our classes and our teaching. We were learning at the feet of the Master. Can I tell you this? I want you to take note of a couple things that stand out in this event. No one planned it. The professor, he didn't get up that morning and think, there's going to be a move of God in our room this morning. Uh-huh. And it was 7.30 in the morning, midweek. 
I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, something. It was a sovereign move Amen. of God. And I want you to notice something else, because this is the word for today. Suddenly, it came upon us. I'm a 19-year-old freshman in college. I wasn't, I was just going to class. For Pete's sake, it was 7.30 in the morning when I arrived there. Also notice, no one went into that class expecting a move of God. Hear that word again, suddenly. There was a shift in the atmosphere. Amen. Just suddenly, it changed Hallelujah. in that moment. I thank God for that professor who, instead of pushing his agenda and plan, said, these students need to recognize something that's far apart from what I'm about to teach them and far greater in this moment. A lesson that has stuck with me and still abides with me. That is the recognition of hold your horses, Hoss. Let God be God and let Him do what He needs to do and wants to do when He wants to do it. It's a, my only job is to recognize it and ride that horse again. There's a Bible story that shares some similarities with this event in our lives. I say our lives, Pastor Amy and I's life. Let's see if it can, will happen again for us even here and now. Amen. You ready? Hallelujah. You ready for that? Peter is preaching in the home of Cornelius. He's, he's an invited guest. He's a Jew in the household of an Italian Gentile. Let me pause for a moment, not for effect, to blow my nose. That's all that was. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 10, verse 42. Again, Peter is preaching in the household of Cornelius. And he's speaking of Jesus when he says these words. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Thank you, Lord. Hear this next line. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell. Somebody say word suddenly. Suddenly. 
That's my paraphrase, but you see it happening, right? Peter's preaching. Yeah. While in that moment, midstream, he's preaching about Jesus, telling them to go everywhere and preach that Jesus is the way. The Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. Somebody say, thank God it was poured out on me too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So I begin with this this morning God feeds the hungry. Though true, surely you know I'm not talking about food. Let's look at the man Cornelius for a moment. I'm still in Acts 10, but now I'm backed up to verse 1. In Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius who was an, a captain of the Italian regiment. One in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. So let's get a few things about this man, Cornelius. He's not a Jew. He's not Jewish. He wasn't raised in a Jewish household. Why am I saying all of this? Because Christianity, the first people saved were not Gentiles. They were Jews. All of those people in Jerusalem in the upper room were Jewish. Hebrews, if you will. Cornelius is an army officer for the army of Rome. But this scripture says of him, he was a devout, God-fearing man. Hear those words. He was devout and God-fearing. That, as a Roman citizen, is essentially an oxymoron. They weren't taught to worship God. So this means that Cornelius, of his own volition, chose to worship and follow God, not just occasionally, not just when he had a problem, not because it was his culture not because he was in need, 
he of his own volition determined that he was going to follow God devoutly. Yeah, yeah, that means he was one of those people who believed in God and showed up at church every time they had church. He was God-fearing. It goes on to add that he was generous to the poor. So he gave generously to the poor, and then the scripture goes on to say, right there it is for you, verse 2, he prayed regularly to God. Let me help you understand something. When in the first few verses of chapter 10, we're reading about Cornelius, it tells you he was praying at 3 p.m. That was a regular prayer time for the Jews. Again, of his own volition, he chooses to follow God. Hear me when I say this. Can you get the message? He was hungry for God. Because you don't worship God at 3 p.m. as a Roman army officer unless you're devoted to God and hungry after him he recognized something that few people around him recognized so what do I take away from this event God is no respecter of persons Yeah, you ought to thank the Lord. First Peter chapter 1, we went over it just last Wednesday night. Verse 17 puts it this way. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. They could have left that verse out of the scripture and all of you would have been happier. This is New Testament. This is not Old Testament. I'm going to read the line again. He is no respecter of persons. That's the lead in. He will judge or reward according to what you do. So this is Peter. That's Peter. The guy that's about to come to Cornelius' house and preach Jesus. This is New Testament, and here's Peter saying, he will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must, look at your neighbor right now and say, you must live in reverent fear of God. You must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. Come on, look back at your neighbor right now and tell him, you're just here temporarily. You're just here temporarily. You're just passing through. Now look it back at them, though, and say, so start living like it. God's no respecter of persons. Number two, if you chase after God, you'll be rewarded. Amen. 
if you chase after God, you'll be rewarded. I got thinking about this verse and I thought, you know what? When I pay, when, when, when my granddaughters chase me, I let them catch me. You're hearing me now? You're relating to this? I want them to catch me because I glory in their joy. They want to catch me and I want them to catch me. But we play the game so that we can joy in the moment. God's that way with you. If you hunger after Him, He will reward you. Here's another thing that comes out of those verses regarding Cornelius. If you are generous to the things that matter to God, God will be generous with you. Here's something else. Cornelius took care of the needs of the poor, feeding them, filling them, if you will. And what did God do with Cornelius? He filled him with something of greater value. God filled him with himself. It was like God poured over himself and said, Watch out, Cornelius, here I come. God let him catch him. God feeds the hungry. I was a 15-year-old boy in a Pentecostal church in South Florida during revival week with C.W. Mullins. I don't even think he's still alive. But I remember being in those services and the power of God being present. I remember going to an altar and my then lay youth leader being right behind me with his hands on my shoulders, crying out to God on my behalf speaking in tongues and the next thing I knew suddenly I began to let out an utterance that I had not before that moment known or learned because it wasn't taught to me it was poured on me I was in church when it happened literally during revival services my dear wife sitting here on this front pew was in her bedroom. It was summertime because the windows were open and how I know that is because her mom tells us that the whole neighborhood knew that she was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. When God decided to show up for her, there was no one present. She hadn't been long in the Lord. It's not like she had been taught this is what we do and how we do it. She was in her room seeking the Lord and boom, suddenly... He invaded that room. And so here's the deal. My second main point, God looks for longing. You know the verse, Matthew 5, 6, is because it's one of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'm saying it this way, and I'm relating it to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it's a truth in God. 
God feeds the hungry. And listen, on the other side of this, God's never being stingy. He just wants you to want Him. Because He's a gentleman. He's not going to come in and invade your life just because. He's given you a free will. So He wants you to want Him. Cornelius continuously sought God. That's what that scripture says. He was devout passion and hunger that Cornelius had, listen to me when I say this, his passion and his hunger for God infected the rest of his family. Y'all are worried about being infected with the coronavirus. What Cornelius got did infect the rest of his family. Because that scripture says, I'm not making this up, this was in the scriptures in 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 Acts 10, the first few verses, he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. (laughs) Tell me God doesn't feed the hungry. And what happened? While, While Peter's preaching, boom! All of them were filled. His whole family sought God. What are you infecting your family with? What are you infecting your friends with? What are you infecting your co-workers with? Some of you that haven't been able to go to a job for months now. God is looking. He's not looking for perfection. I want you to hear me when I say that. He's looking for passion. He just wants you to want Him. Some of you are sitting there right now and say, I've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I don't deserve to be. If this is news to you, then I'm going to break this bad news to you. You will never be worth it or deserving. You're not deserving because you're good. You're deserving because you're His child. not looking for perfection. He's looking for passion. You you may have led, you may be leading a terrible life and God wants you to change that because he's watching what you do. He said be holy for I am holy. Yeah, he's watching that but your righteousness is wrapped up in the work that Jesus already did. Proverbs 21 verse 21 Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. What has that got to do with seeking God? Everyone say with me, God is love. You know that's in the scripture, right? Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life righteousness, and honor. That looks like a three-for-one exchange. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love, no, it's two-for-one, isn't it? Two-for-three. Buy two, get three free. Something like that. 
unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. In God's economy, you needn't be a long-termer, by the way, to receive this bounty from the Lord. Why did I say that? You don't have to be long in the Lord to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You could have got saved 10 minutes ago and God filled you with His Holy Spirit. He's no respecter of persons. Sometimes it's better. It's you're not messed up with all of this preconceived stuff. Pastor Amy, like I said, she was just a few weeks old in the Lord when God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And she hadn't sat under everybody teaching and talking about that. She hadn't been in a church that was, she was, got saved in a, believe it or not, folks, she got saved because her family was watching PTL Club. And they gave their hearts to the Lord and then contacted the local Assembly of God church in Elmira, New York, and they sent someone to their house. Yeah, it really works that way. And she was just a few weeks old in the Lord when God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Why, does, why do I say or bother to say to you that you don't have to be a long-termer, maybe my word, to, you don't have to be old in the Lord to receive this infilling? Because you're in the last days and it was God's predetermined act to send His Holy Spirit in the last days so that we could do a work. He's made it possible, in other words. And you see, God is a giver by His very nature. For God so loved the world that He gave the most precious gift He could give. He did. His only begotten Son. So let's let me conclude this thing by repeating something I just said. We have work to do. Look at your neighbor right now and say, You're in the last days. Get busy. I'm in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You're probably familiar with this verse. But hear what it says. I believe it's on the overhead behind me because it's on the overhead in front of me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. Now he could have stopped there. This is Jesus talking right now. That's why it's in red for mine. It is red for you guys too. So Jesus is speaking and he says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. But, but he doesn't just leave it at everywhere, the generic everywhere, because he, he lives a real life in a real world and he wants them to know that you've got to move past Jude Jerusalem. This is before, this is before Peter went to Caesarea, Caesarea, however it said. It's before that. Jesus is saying to him, you got to move out of Jerusalem, boys. Even out of Judea. 
You got to move out of the Lehigh Valley. You got to get to Samaria, to those people across the tracks that you don't even like. And to the ends of the earth. So what we have must be shared. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to share the good news of Jesus. It's got to be taken to the world around us. Taking away the excuses. There's no excuse. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there's no excuse. It's time for you to let Him loose. Just like we did in the service this morning. It wasn't pre-prescribed. We did know it was Pentecost Sunday. We did have a conversation about that amongst our staff. And the conversation went something like this. You can plan and program, but I'm not going to tell you you're going to do anything like you have planned or programmed. Because we're going to let the Holy Spirit do what He does best. So you're filled with the Holy Spirit so that you may take what God fills you, how He fills you, and take it to somebody that doesn't have Him. It's the reason you're filled. It's not a badge of honor. Speaking in other tongues, it's not a badge of honor. No, it's marching orders. So don't talk to me about your talking in tongues if you're not talking to your neighbor about Jesus, your coworker about Jesus. Don't talk to, hey, hey, this is not a badge of honor. It's a recognition of the power of God in your life the presence of God in your life. He sent Holy Spirit so that we could do a work for Him. Not just so we could shout and dance, jump around and look silly. Are you longing to make a difference? You're listening to me whether online or in this sanctuary right now and not been filled with the Holy Spirit, prepare your heart right now. You don't have to wait for something special to happen. It's already happened to you. I want to close with these verses. I'm going to ask you to stand with me from Acts chapter 2. I could hardly get through this day without reading these verses. On the day of Pentecost, if you don't know it by now, this is Pentecost Sunday, literally. When the day of Pentecost, I'm going to read it from the same scriptures you're seeing. All the believers were meeting together in one place. See that word? That first word, second verse? Suddenly. How could it be suddenly? They had been there 10 days. Not many of you here. That's like us showing up to that classroom. 7.30 in the morning. It was just AG doctrine. But suddenly, the atmosphere shifts. 
I have to say it. I have to say it. I, I, I've said it before. And, and some of you don't believe that it could have happened this way, but I absolutely believe that this happened. That on about day six, somebody made their way into that upper room that had not been there before and, and gave a report to somebody in the room that, look, three of your sheep have died. We don't know what's happening, but I thought you should know. You may want to go home and take care of it. And this is their livelihood. Because you got to take care of your livelihood. And they left that upper room and went to take care of their sheep and they missed the suddenly. They missed that moment when God showed up. He had told them to go and to wait until you are endued with power. I'll go on. And there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. That's how it happened or like what happened in that room at Southeastern Bible College in 1979. No, I didn't hear the rush of a wind. All I know is that suddenly there was a shift. And I sensed the presence of God in rare form. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, look at your neighbor right now, say everyone, was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So here's our takeaway of these last few verses. Everyone in that upper room received the Holy Spirit. That's telling me that everyone listening to me right now, either present or online, can be filled with the Holy Spirit. God's no respecter of persons. I don't care your race, your creed, your background, your culture none of that. Disrespective of all of those things, they matter not in this atmosphere. We're all equal on this territory. The only thing you need is to be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what's going to blow some of your minds. The way you and I know salvation, Cornelius couldn't possibly know that. Are you hearing me? He was being taught. He was being preached to for the first time from a Christian who happened to be a Jew, which was abnormal because they didn't cohort with one another, especially a Jew going into a Gentile's home. A Gentile, which, by the way, they were in subjection to him because he was a Roman officer. And Rome ruled. Not in that moment. The Holy Ghost ruled. And Cornelius gets saved and filled with the Holy Ghost all in one moment. I can't tell you how that happens that way. I don't have to describe it for you in detail and knowledge and understanding. All I know is that it happened. 
Heaven came down in that moment. It's like I could not predict my classroom. And they could not predict. Peter could not predict. It didn't happen like it happened in the upper room. It just happened. Cornelius' house. He was just preaching. And suddenly, the Holy Ghost comes in. And everyone in that room, that upper room, became a world changer because they were filled. Why do I know everyone got filled? Well, the scripture says that first, number one. Number two is God immediately put them to work because you know if you read the entire second chapter of Acts, you know what happens a little later? 3,000 people come to Jesus. And I did the math. If 3,000 people come to Jesus and there were only 12 disciples doing the baptisms, that's 250 people per guy. And even if you're just doing this, next, next, 250, you do that. It's a lot of people to baptize. So I'm telling you that that 120, they put them to work right then and there. That's how they baptized 3,000 people that day. My question for you today, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to ask you another question. I want everybody to listen to me, young and old alike. You don't have to be a teenager like I was, by the way, to get filled with the Holy actually knew a family in the past here at this church their three year old daughter got filled with the Holy Ghost three so God's no respecter of persons I want all of you young people to listen to me now your age doesn't matter in this moment so look at this preacher when I ask you this question I don't want anybody to you don't need to close your eyes this is not something to be embarrassed about or concerned about from that capacity. If you're here and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to be, and by the way, let me explain that. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will speak in other tongues. It just comes with the territory. I can't, I can't change that. I didn't make it that way. That was a decision God made long ago. But if you are here and not been filled with Holy Spirit and want to be, lift your hand right up high, right where you're at. Lift it up high. It's okay. No reason for embarrassment. Seriously, we're for you. We're not against you. We're for you in this place. God bless you. I'm going to give you just a little bit of instruction if you raised your hand just now. So Gwen, do good on your translation. He's going to get it. This is a language. It's not gibberish. But it's not your job to perfect it. It will not be sensical to you. 
that's just the nature of it. And you may not have a hundred syllables in your first go-round. It does not matter. This has to come from your spirit and well up in your spirit and come out your mouth. It is vocal. So it is spoken. That's what I mean by that. When you are filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit, we use those terms interchangeably. Baptized with or filled with, you will speak in other tongues. It is the initial physical evidence of Holy Spirit baptism. Again, I can't make this up and did not make this up. This is the Word of God come to life. He did it then. He's still doing it now. And those of you who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, even if you're watching me online right now, you don't have to be present in the church or in the sanctuary. As I told you, Pastor Amy got filled in her own bedroom. Just a few weeks old in the Lord. Which is probably better. Because then you're not all bound up with what you think it should look like, sound like, and be like. Putting all your boundaries around how God can and should do stuff. It's spoken. It's real. It's not gibberish. But that doesn't mean yours has to sound like mine or Pastor Amy's. None of us... None of our tongues sound alike. We're speaking to none of them. In this entire room, I've never, never met another spirit-filled believer who sounds like I do when I speak in tongues. Never. It's the language of heaven. It's from Him given to you. So in this moment, I sense the presence of God so powerfully right now. So wherever you are, in the sanctuary, in your homes, I don't care if it's five years from now, but somehow you're getting this podcast or whatever version they may have at that time. You're hearing this. You're watching it or hearing it. God can and will feel you right where you are. It doesn't matter your age, anything else about you. All that matters is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So first things first, say, Jesus, I am yours. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving your life for me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And even if that was the first time you ever uttered those words, ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. You spirit-filled believers, right now you begin to intercede. Some of you have been doing it the whole service anyway. Just, just continue. If you've not been but you're spirit-filled, let the Holy Spirit move upon you right now and use you in that way, interceding before the Lord. Holy Ghost, it's time for another suddenly. Pentecost 2020. Pour out of your spirit right now in our midst. 
right here and across the airwaves and, and, and however people are getting this message right now. Come, Holy Spirit, fill their room, fill their car, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing. Be filled. Now it's a spoken language, so you gotta speak it out. However strange or odd it may seem to you, just begin to speak it out. Now there are a few of you, you, you need to be refilled. You've dried up. You need to be refilled right now. So say it, say it. God, fill me back up. I need a refilling. No English, no Spanish. Just as the Spirit gives the utterance. There he is. There it is. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. He's moved in right now.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for returning strength. Thank you for lifting the fallen. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord, for your infilling. Thank you for the Holy Ghost that you show up because you desire to. You want your people full of power so that we can make a difference in the world that we're a part of. We need to be the difference makers. to just have a seat for a moment before I dismiss you. Ready that video of um... so before you leave today, I want to give you an opportunity to give to the kingdom of God and the work of God here. God has allowed us to continue to operate. We haven't missed one beat. We didn't miss one service. Thank God for good people and I'm going to say good young people. I'm so grateful that we had some good young people. Amen. Uh, one of them I happen to be related to very dearly. And uh, they, they helped us through the transition. So thank you, all of you that are working with media and sound. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maria, you just, you're awesome. Um, and so you have an opportunity to give, you can text CAG family um, to uh, 77977. You can give online that way, electronically. We have the baskets at the back. You can place your offerings in there. I encourage you to use an envelope and place your offering in there on your way out today, if you haven't already. And then watch this little cute video spot. When you're ready, make sure she has audio. Hey, everybody. We're coming to you this afternoon. Events want to increase the good vibes for you. Yes, Try in your vibes, baby. And listen, guys, we got something for you on 721, the, the Father's Day event. Um, we're going to have the uh, creative art presentation by All For God called Champion. And so I want you to get your game fuel, man, because you never know what's coming at you. We want you to enjoy that day. So we got a special presentation for you. And also, I want all you guys in the 9 a.m. as well as the 11 a.m. to wear your bow ties. Bow ties Sunday. Coming back to us. And then I want to let you know about our annual uh, business meeting is on uh, the 24th, Wednesday. We want all of you members of Central Assembly of God to come out for our annual meeting. Yeah, we had to postpone it, but yay, we're finally going to have our annual business meeting. And so we need you to be there and be a part of that. Pastor Amy, you have something to tell us about the kids' ministries. Yeah. If you have kids or, or grandkids, and um, go to the Central Assembly of God Facebook page for Kids Ministries and like that page, and they'll send you a link, and you can get all the information and also uh, join in on, on the children's ministries. Uh, they have Hairball, Dr. Hairball. <laughs> they have Screwball. They have Dr. Screwball. 
they have a lot of characters on that particular ministry, and I actually enjoy just going and watching it myself. But I hope that you will join them and have your kids and your grandkids uh, enjoy that. And then they have on Wednesday, uh, June 10th, they're going to have an in-house in the Central Assembly of God building. They're going to have actually a kids' ministry, a kids' church night. So we trust that your kids, your grandkids will come. If you have any other questions, we have lots of other information, details, and so forth, go to the Central Assembly of God Facebook page. You can get all that information. Also, you can always call the church office and just talk to us personally, and we're happy to answer any questions that you that you have. I got some good vibes about that, Pastor Got some Paul. good vibes. All right, we, we love you folks. Looking forward to seeing you in our regular services in the upcoming weeks. June is going to run basically like we did uh, through this part of May. God bless you. Amen. You stand to your feet. Y'all be blessed. Have an amazing day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Love you folks. Have an amazing day. No matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that we
I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.